This is the Ed Milet Show. Compete, lead, and win. Welcome back to Max Out with Ed Milet. This gentleman to my left is one of the great American entrepreneurs and um, one of the original sharks from Shark Tank. This man's companies have generated over $5 billion in sales. He's had 20 different companies do over $100 million. And he is called the entrepreneur's entrepreneur. He's kind of the answer man. So we're gonna get some answers out of this man here today. So Kevin Harrington, hey, welcome. Ed, thank you. Great introduction. I like I like being here already. <laughs> it's all true. So that's the good part. I didn't have to make thank anything up. Thank so you, thank, thank you. you for doing this. And I know a lot of you, I at the beginning of the year, just so you know, I sent out a list of who are the 20 people you'd most want on my show? And ended up 10 people's names kept showing up over and over, and you were one of those 10 names. Well, so, thank you, and, and, so. and it's great to be here. What a beautiful place to hang out and have, a, have a nice talk today. It's a, it's a pleasure yeah. to have you, an honor, frankly, yeah, to have you here. You. So let's get some answers. Yeah, you cool. Do that? Okay. cool, yeah. So let's start out a little bit. I, I don't wanna go all the way back to when you were a kid, because that will take us a long time, <laughs> right, to go through it. My story takes a long time, so would yours. But you're kind of a Midwest boy, right? Ohio, Yeah. you grew up that way. Did you grow up in an affluent family? I'm just curious, did no, you come no, from No, no, so I was one of six kids, my, my dad own bars and you know my yeah. mom was a school teacher and um, so I, my father wanted me to be an entrepreneur though oh, so okay. yeah he um, uh, my mom wanted me to be a, a doctor or a lawyer yeah, sure. and my old I had two older sisters one married a doctor one married a lawyer so got that out of the way <laughs> so I, I could be the entrepreneur were you so, that way as a little guy did you have like uh, did you yeah. have little businesses when yeah. you were a kid I was you know, mowing lawns uh, selling newspapers uh, at nine years old uh, oh, wow. then, okay. then, uh, then my, I, I was uh, uh, in my dad's restaurants when I was 11 <laughs> and helping him out, you know, and uh, working literally 30, 40 hours a week some, some weeks. When you were and, like uh, a 11 teenager? years old, yeah. Oh my gosh. After okay. school, I'd take two buses to get to his place and then he, someone would drive me home 10, 11 o'clock at night. Oh my gosh. Go back to school. So when I was 15, I started a driveway sealing business. And in Ohio, if you had cracks in your driveway and water got in there and it froze, you got triple, triple the size of the crack. So I knocked on doors and I, and I was selling uh, eight to 10 jobs a week oh at my the gosh. age of 15. So, so very just entrepreneurial. And then I did that all through high school. Okay. And um, I grew up in a nice neighborhood, but we had the poorest house in the neighborhood. In the neighborhood. Really? So friends of mine, would get their cars given to them when they were 16. Me, I paid cash you you know, from yours. my own earnings. And mm. then when I went to college, I had to pay my own way through, all through college. Mm. And actually, you, oh, I say all, all through, mm. um, I, I, my father said, now wait a minute, you're, this driveway ceiling only is good for the summertime. Mm -hmm. What are you gonna do now that you're in college? You got, you got more expenses, you got, so I had an apartment and a car mm. and this and that. So I said, well, I need something year round. So I said, what, what's year round? Heating and air conditioning. So I started a heating and cooling company my freshman year in college. Well, so you paid for everything though. Yeah. You're not talking about your, your, the housing, everything. Everything, yep. Yeah. Books, education, housing, the whole thing. As an entrepreneur. As an entrepreneur. Wow. So when you, did you graduate college? Nope, you nope. Because by the time I got to my junior year, we were doing, in, in today's terms of finance, about five million a year in sales with 25 employees. Oh I had six trucks going out every day, oh my going God. to school. So so, so then I find, I just couldn't do both. So I, okay. I quit school. And I, okay. at, at that point I realized I'm an entrepreneur. Yeah, you know, right, like I, I don't, you know, what is the degree gonna ultimately yeah. give me, right? Right. Because at the University of Cincinnati, there was one class, 800 students, and like one day the teacher didn't show and there's a video playing. Sorry I couldn't be here. Yeah, you know? right. I'm like, wait a minute, if you're not gonna be here, I don't think I, I need, need to be, be here. here you know? Exactly. So 
Uh, so that's when I finally said, you know, I think I'm done. You know, you so do you, I never asked anybody this. It just occurs to me right now. Do you think everybody should be or could be an entrepreneur? I mean, I, I never. I, never I think I think you can definitely learn how to be an entrepreneur. Okay. I, I have two boys. One is 29. Went all through Penn State, you know, fraternity, the whole mm. thing. And he's now an entrepreneur. He but is. He wanted, I think, to get into corporate world, but yep. he started in the corporate world yeah. and hated it. And right. then interviewed inside the entrepreneurial world that I'm in yeah. and, and then joined me. And then my youngest is, is, uh, is, is probably going to be an entrepreneur also, my 20-year-old. Yeah, yeah. You, you make a good point because you and I both, i become an entrepreneur basically out of the gate. I went to college, but I became one. But I have a lot of friends, I suppose, who had corporate careers first. So when was your first big hit? I've read about this quantum international. Did right. I say that right? Yeah. Was that your first big hit? I mean, the, the heating and air conditioning worked. Yeah, yeah, Did you eventually yeah. segue out of that? Oh, yeah, yeah. Heating yeah. and air, that, that was just earned some money. Got it. It was... It, I thought, yes, I want to be an entrepreneur, but I realized that's a local business. Yeah. It's labor oriented. It's yeah. it's limited in scope and, okay. and, and income. Okay. So, but what I what I did from there, just quickly, I, yeah. I transitioned because I, I sold the business because I, I didn't like the labor side because okay. the installation and the service and you know it's not easy getting installers. You know, right. I could sell them, yeah. but I couldn't service or inst personally install them. Right. Okay. So, and I couldn't find enough good installers back then. But I sold the business to one of my employees. I had a a little pocket of cash, not a ton, but yep. you know enough to go buy something. So I started um, exploring getting into another business, and I'm meeting with this business broker, and he's got hundreds of businesses for sale sitting on his desk, mm -hmm. the books and records of all of them. And I'm like, mm -hmm. wow, let me see this laundromat, let me see this flower shop, let me. See. And I'm like, wow, what a candy store. I sold my business and I became a business broker. So uh -huh. I was a real estate broker and a business broker. So okay. I sold the real estate and the, but I specialized in the business. Got so it. I sold pizza parlors, restaurants, delicatessens, flower shops, laundromats, mm. you know, you, you name it. And now I was starting to partner with some of these people. I call it the, my, yeah. my pre-shark days, yeah. my mini shark days. But it was my curiosity overload of being able to see all these different businesses and what I didn't want to do. I didn't want to be in, I didn't want to own a laundromat. I didn't want to own a, a, a flower shop, right? right. But, I, but I had to go to all these trade shows. So I went to the houseware shows for, you know, because I'm, I'm selling all these businesses. So yes. I went to the real estate, I went to the, rather the restaurant shows, the, the um, home and garden shows. And mm. here I am, I'm at a trade show. And a, and a guy was cutting through a Coca-Cola can with a knife, and he's cutting through a, a muffler and a pair of sneakers. And it's the Ginsu knife, and so I'm yeah. watching this pitch. Okay? The Ginsu and, knife. Yeah, wow, right. I've seen so, a lot of Ginsu knives. And knife. so th this gentleman was pulling in thousands of dollars in cash. Okay. And so when when he when he got on break, and I saw him do it again and again, same set of words. Mm. And I'm thinking, wait a minute, that guy, he's been doing this a while. Okay. He, he, Forty years. This guy Arnold Morris was the best, as he called himself, the best knife salesman in the world, right? Like, I don't know if I'd put is that on my resume. Is he the guy in the infomercial? Yeah. That's Arnold yeah. Morris. That's okay. Arnold Morris. So, okay. so we used Arnold. And so right at this time, I'd been tuning in to, I got cable television. This is 1984. Okay. And so if you got to go back 34 years, yes. you know, to think about TV. Yes. When cable first hit, it was 30, cha 30 channels, ESPN, HBO, MTV, okay. Discovery, yeah. uh, CNN, yep. right? And, you know, movies and sports and whatever. But I got to Discovery Channel and there was nothing there. There was just colored bars on the screen. Mm -hmm. So I called the cable company and I said, what's going on? They said, well, Discovery's only an 18 hour a day channel. Six hours is nothing. 
So mm. I said, wait a minute, mm. I, 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 can, I can put something on there. Let me find something. Mm. And, but because here I was, this, this entrepreneur selling businesses and going to all these trade shows, that's when I met Arnold. Mm. And I said to Arnold, let's film that presentation and put it on Discovery Channel. So that was the big no break. Way. That was the big break. And what did that do? So, what did you invest in that, and then what did it turn into? I mean, into? It, it literally was only a couple grand because oh we just gosh. had to get a camera, turn the camera on, oh my gosh. and we shot it in the back of a supermarket. Mm -hmm. So we filmed it, shot, put it on Discovery, and then we paid Discovery Channel a percentage of the sales. Mm -hmm. And it just went like, I mean, it, it took off like, it was unbelievable. That's All of crazy. A sudden, How do you do my it? My life changed in instantly within within hours so of, of that. That's amazing. And so, take everybody inside this for a second. So, do you invest in these companies or do you license them? Yeah. How, what's how's it work? To by the way, this man's done how many infomercials have you done? Five hundred oh plus. My gosh, yeah. I mean, five hundred. Yeah. Almost kind of the creator of the medium itself, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah. You one know, of them. nobody else was. You know, I mean, Ron Popeil had been doing short form spots right. prior to this, but. As infomercials go, this really was the beginning of the infomercial Unreal. business. So, yeah. so how do you do it? Do you not to be specific, but do you license with that person and take yeah. a percentage? Yeah. So, so what we do, and this is, I think, probably the, the uh, I'm not an inventor, and, and and the best part of of my business, I don't out of the 500 that I've done and the five billion, I haven't invented or owned any of those products. Mm. I partner with people that develop the products. Okay. So but license them, partner with them. Okay. When Tony Little came to me and he had the ab isolator, yes. I said, Tony, I want to license that from you. Right. right now, I'll put up all the money, I'll finance the production, I'll finance the media, I'll finance the manufacturing. Mm. So we do all of that mm. and then we pay him a royalty. So, the, so we so actually end up owning it though. You end up owning it. So the yeah. good thing for them is they've basically created this asset. Yes. Now you're monetizing everything. There's no cash from them at all. They right? don't have to put up any money. So, yeah. Which kind of goes back to being a business broker again. Yeah. You're almost the business broker of infomercials. Exactly. Okay, yeah, so that yeah. model no, continues. No, no, it's the so. same model because it's they have the asset, mm -hmm. and but they don't know how to take it to the to the next level. In yeah. fact, of all these guys, I mean, Tony at one time said, "I, you know, you're giving me five percent." Yeah. Well, we did three hundred and some million, so he got fifteen million with, bucks with no capital right, right off the top, right, right? right? So I had to do all the the, the grunt work, the legwork, the mm -hmm. financing. The and by the way, in the early days, I didn't have the money, so I had to raise the money, right? So oh we were raising millions to finance yeah. the inventories. Right. So it, it was not an easy process, but wow. The, but so one day Tony said, I want to go 50-50, okay? And I said, hey, I'm, I'm happy to go 50-50. That means yeah. if it's, we got to produce this, so you got to put up half that, that mm -hmm. that's not the hard cost. Mm -hmm. But every week we're spending $300,000 in media. 50-50, yeah. 150 grand a piece a week. <laughs> so that's 600 grand a month. Right. And it takes months and months. It, it's, Welcome it, to Real it, Business, yeah. Tony. <laughs> so after six months, and he had put out like a million plus dollars, yeah. he's like, wait a minute, I thought I was supposed to be making money in this deal. Yeah, right. I'm like, Tony, it's about 18 months before we get our money back. Okay. Oh boy. So there, you know, now once it starts coming back, it's now it's coming back in in big numbers. So did he continue but, with that, so or did no, you go back? He, to I, he said, "Let me go back to the royalty." Yeah. So we, we went back to a royalty deal. But, what makes one of them good? Like uh, you must have had some that didn't hit, and some oh, yeah. that did, right? What yeah. makes what makes a? Let me say one thing that I've noticed about infomercials. Correct me if I'm wrong on this. I want everybody to get this. I think business nowadays is about getting attention. 
Yeah. I think you have to get attention. To me, in the, at that time, with all of the viewership being on television, right. right? Yeah. That's the best way to get attention now. Obviously, now you can get attention on TV, but small entrepreneurs out there can leverage social media now sure. too, can't they, to get Absolutely. attention? But was that part of the concept? Is get attention number one, and number two, what makes a winner? Yeah. So yeah, the and and, and the sequencing of producing, and we, mm. and we we call it kind of creating a perfect pitch. Okay. Um, the first step is, and you, you've got six seconds to get the people's attention on TV because they're watching a movie, they just got done, they're gonna go make a sandwich, six go seconds. to the bathroom, you got six seconds. So if mm. you have, if you watch any infomercial we ever did, whether it was Tony Little in The Gazelle, Billy Mays, or Jack LaLanne in The Juicer, let's say Billy Mays on OxyClean. Legend. He, in, yeah. in, in, in six seconds, he's eating a meatball sandwich, and it's, hey, it's Billy Mays. Boom, three strips on his shirt. Yeah. Has this ever happened to you? That's in six seconds. Okay. He's caught your attention because mm. now he's got grease stains all over his shirt. People mm. are thinking, yeah, that happens to me. Mm. So that's very quick, very hard hitting on the front end of getting their attention. Okay. Now, once you have their attention, then you need to solve, you have to state a problem, and now you did, because okay. there's a problem, but then you need to solve the problem, mm. such that you solve it in a way that no other product or service solves in identical fashion. Okay. And the same thing kind of with Tony Little's Gazelle and okay. OxyClean, the unique positioning, it was the power of oxygen and oxygen that oxygenated the cleaning system, okay. the, the cleaning process. Okay. So so you always in in, in the world of, of that 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 I used to be in full time. I mean, mm -hmm. my business for you know for 30 years was pretty much exclusively selling products on TV, yes. and shopping channels, yes. and the internet. Yep. And but we so we had to create these unique positionings with, mm. with each one of so these. So that model that you have is called tease, please. please and C's. C's. Yeah. Correct. T's, yeah. please, and C's. So yeah. you tease them with an attention getting problem. Okay. You please them by solving the problem yep. with unique benefits yes. and solutions yes. and some great testimonials. Yes. Okay. And sometimes you need also maybe a little bit of clinical data. Mm -hmm. Like if it's if you're gonna sell skincare like proactive, you gotta mm -hmm. have sort of like a, a product testing lab that yes. says that you they can make it. this claim. Okay. Because the one thing in 35 years that I've never done. I've never crossed the line of getting aggressive over, I mean, we get aggressive, but yep. we don't cross the line okay. into illegal claims. And gotcha. this is what a lot of guys are doing on the internet. Yes. Oh, you can do this, you can lose 30 pounds in one week right. and all this kind of crap. Right. You know, we don't do that. You know, yep. it's, we, we, we deal with every government agency from the FDA to the FTC to mm. the this, to the, you know, yep. and make sure that we say what we can say based on the clinical data we have. It's interesting, because I think for people that are listening to this business-wise too, I think sometimes principles don't change, strategies do, right? So these principles apply all the time. And one of the things that I, right when I first got into the social media space, because mine's grown pretty well, it's interesting to me, someone said to me, you better get their attention the first six seconds. There because you if you don't get their attention oh. the first seconds, they're gone. And so the same exact principles, and when I'm putting a video together, even to this day, I want to do something that gets their attention, and then I want to create the problem. Do you have an issue with not closing? Are you down on your self-confidence, right. right? So it's very interesting how transcendent mm. that is. One thing I want to make sure that everybody gets to, I don't like to just promote things at the end of an interview. and so. Kevin, you can get access to Kevin on tips like this, right? On the perfect pitch. There's actually, don't you have some sort of a, a whole uh, spreadsheet on this stuff or a pro form? Yeah, or yeah, something? I do. In fact, um, it's it's called the the cheat sheet because okay. I've taken actually now over 35 years, 50,000 pitches sounds like a lot, but mm -hmm. it's over 35 years, so it's you know a, a thousand to two thousand a year. Yeah. But these are one-on-one -on -one pitches, so some right. some days are long days for me. But right. I go to the houseware show and the hardware show. And the to this day, show. you still go to all yeah, those beauty shows, everything. But the cheat sheet for 
pitching, because we're going to teach you how to actually pitch, um, you can text me, it's my own number, at um, text the word PITCH to 727-888-2100. That's 727-888-2100. Thank you for yeah, that. Yeah, I want to make sure um, that they all get that stuff. We're going to give them a cheat too. sheet on how to develop their own pitch. It's I, pretty powerful. I love that. And these pitches yeah. transcend, whether it's TV, one-on-one, uh, internet, doesn't matter. This is how to transcend and make a terrific pitch, too. I'm just curious, of all those infomercials, was there one that stood out that was the biggest hit of all of them? Yeah. Um, when I met Tony Little... He was this shy guy, okay. Tony Little, a little bit real. overweight, right. and very timid in person, yep. Yep. but he would get on TV and he turned into a beast. Yeah, okay? So did. We, 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 did the, we, we, we did over a billion and a half dollars with oh Tony my Little, gosh. right? Oh my gosh. So, um, we, you know, I mean, the gazelle was, mm. was, was huge. The, um, uh, uh, the, um, the, the ab isolator was another one. We did his videotapes. To this day, Tony has created a, a big fitness brand for himself. Mm. But now he's he's kind of morphed into he does foods and he does pillows and he does, mm. um, you know, he's actually a pretty he, a, a big food vendor at QV at he HSN, is. for example. He is. So, yeah, that so, was the number one of all of them because you Tony Little was number one. Imagine this: twenty different ones that generate over a hundred million. I mean, that's just that's yeah. bananas to me, right? Yeah. What do you? You've had all this success. I'm curious. Like, we'll talk a little bit more about some business principles in a minute, but. You don't look it, but you're 60 plus years old, right? And I, I, yep. I say that because I want all the entrepreneurs out to hear this. You've obviously generated an awful lot of revenue, an awful lot of income, obviously a pretty significant net worth. What drives you right now? Like, why are you still after it and in the hunt so aggressively? Because so, I, I know your schedule's crazy. You're yeah. even here going to something. Yeah, yeah. So, so the um, so I got I got lucky along the way, and I, and I say luck because you 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 kind of force your own luck. You know, mm -hmm. what I mean, sure. I got the phone call from Mark Burnett. He says, "Hey, will you come on Shark Tank, right?" Yeah. And and my and I told my wife, I'm, he won't tell me what the show's all about, but I just got off with Mark Burnett. It's called Shark Tank. She says, "Wait, you, I know what he does with those people on Survivor Island. Why do you <laughs> right. want to be on Shark Tank, <laughs> right?" right? So, that sounds like, dangerous. Yeah, I'm like, I don't know about it. He wouldn't tell me what they're going to do <laughs> right. to me. But I went out. I met with Mark, right. and so they they made me um, do a little rehearsal. Mm. And so I I was taking pitches, and they were rolling tape, and and I'm asking questions and but I said they said Kevin you, you did an amazing job but I said I've been doing this for 30 years okay you got to remember <laughs> that's what I do every day when I go to these shows right so um so they said you're you're in you're done and I did the pilot I did the first couple seasons with uh with all the sharks and had an amazing time but now Shark Tank is running all around the world. Right. So what happened is they, they put all the reruns on CNBC. Mm. That started in, in two hours a night, and then they do Good. weekends. So my episodes, because I was in you know the first 150 plus segments, they they were all running and running and running. So now my phone just started ringing, wow. and I'm, and my wife's like, you know, you gotta just you, you gotta take the calls. You yeah. know, so yeah. people wanting me to speak, and you gotta go here. You got you know. So I, I figure you know if it's sort of like. I, I had a boat one time, and I wasn't the greatest boater, and I was having some trouble with it here. And then one time, a guy called, I want to buy your boat. I'm like, someone's telling me I should sell my boat, right? You know, so right. I sold it, right? right. But, uh, you know, bottom line is is that um, when the phone is ringing, I think you you got you to gotta take it. And yours answers. is blowing up. And, my, and so, so it, it, I think I've, I, I figure I got a couple of years of, of doing, I'm on a kind of a little speaking tour. Yes. And, you know, you, 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 in the last year, right. you said you're going to build your brand. Right. And, and look what you've done right. in, in a you. short period of time. It's, Thank it's you. amazing. Thank you. And, and I actually, when I was on Shark Tank back in 2009, 10, 11, you know, the Twitter and all these things were just, there was really no 
it wasn't big at all, mm -hmm. you know? So, so I'm doing a little bit of the brand thing now. And, mm -hmm. and I think, um, it's, it, I think there's, it, it's kind of fun. You yeah. Know? It's I mean, a, you're doing a lot of different things though. Yeah. So like, for example, one of the things you've done, you're partnered with Virtuity Financial, yeah. which is affiliated with my company. Yeah. So you sort of got into the financial space and you're also helping with the NFL alumni. Right. So talk a little bit about that. You got involved with that. Why'd that catch your eye and catch your attention? What are you doing with you it? You know, so, you know, the, the NFL alumni, um, there's, we, uh, Virtuity, as you know, is a financial planning uh, company. And I realized, because, you know, I think we were talking privately, you know, Billy Mays was an amazing guy. He, he died without proper planning, right? Yeah, yeah. And, uh, you know, he had made a lot of money and mm -hmm. had homes and, and cars and all kinds of stuff when he passed away, but no life insurance and no planning. And, wow. I, you know, no will even. Yeah. So Deborah Mays had called and asked, you know, can, can, can I help her? And so some good legal people got in there and did the best they could. But people, you know, NFL alumni, some mm -hmm. of them have done well and some of them, you know, a lot of, a lot of them haven't, Absolutely. right? Absolutely. So, so we've signed a deal with the NFL alumni to give them not only – uh, better planning, but also an, an income opportunity. So, yeah. so I think bottom line is is that, uh, you know, I spent the first 30 years of my life trying to figure out what I wanted to do, being an entrepreneur. I spent the next 30 years of my life being a, a as seen in TV entrepreneur, yep. and 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 had a lot of fun building businesses, making a lot of money, and you know, spending a little bit here too yeah. along the way. But right. but now I'm spending the next 30 years of my life empowering entrepreneurs and helping entrepreneurs be more successful yeah. and this applies to the NFL alumni yeah. many of them want to be entrepreneurs That's and right. can be and yeah. so through Virtuity we're going to offer them that opportunity. I love that Virtuity is associated with WFG with yeah. my firm and I'm excited to work on yeah. that and I'm doing cool. the same thing I feel like I spent my first 30 years kind of building and now I want to teach it and pay it forward yeah. just like there you. you go speaking of entrepreneurs I'm curious because there's that's who's watching this many of them are yeah what traits make up a successful one that you've seen so for example I don't know the exact numbers, but something like, you know, what, 500,000 people apply to get on Shark Tank, only 350 even get on the darn show. Exactly. So obviously they are better at the pitch, the perfect pitch that you've talked about. Absolutely. But once they've pitched and once you've met, you know, they're now in there being evaluated, what is some of the qualities of 500 different infomercials, all the entrepreneurs you coach outside of the infomercial right. business, what do they have that the ones who lose question. don't? So first of all, I, I love an entrepreneur that's got a big vision hmm. uh, that because I don't want to get involved in a deal that's a flatline deal or a small growth. I like exponential growth. Mm. So I want to see somebody that, that sees how they can get in early and, and, and create something that, that can go to $100 million, right? Yes. So um, I don't like $10 million businesses. I right. like $100 million. In Me fact, um, you know, I'd, I'd love to have uh, a couple billion dollar businesses, right? Here. So, yep. you know, but um, so, so I love vision. but. I also, I, you know, O'Leary and I, Mr. Wonderful, got yes. into a little battle one time on yeah. the show, and, and O'Leary's like, I bet on the, the jockey. And, mm -hmm. and I said, you know what? I don't bet on the jockey anymore because mm -hmm. when I did, I gave a lady a half a million dollars. She went out and went in six months, went through it, mm -hmm. and closed the doors down mm -hmm. because I bet on the jockey. I, I trusted her and thought she was going to be fantastic, right? But at the end of the day, it just, things weren't right. It didn't work. Yeah. But, but I want to see, I mean, and if you, if you talk to any horse trainer, because I'm, mm -hmm. I'm in the horse business also, because I have okay. a, a, a betting app that I'm involved with, okay. <laughs> um, the horse trainer is going to tell you, I can put any jockey on my horse, okay? Mm. Uh, it's the jockey is part of the process. Sure. You need the trainer. You need the doctor. You mm. need the jockey. Yep. But I believe an entrepreneur has to be good good enough to be able to assemble the team. So do and I. that is the key to me, is that 
if I see a guy that's so passionate and headstrong about himself, yeah. and he's not going to allow yeah. input from the outside and yeah. not going to bring the right people in, yeah. I don't want any part of it then. Mm. You know, so so it's vision and then surrounding it's, yourself it's, with the right it's team vision of people. and surrounding yourself with the right team. Of it's people. funny you say that because I talk all the time about I think entrepreneurs, great entrepreneurs, are evangelical about their cause. Steve Jobs was an evangelist, really, yes. right? Yeah. And Oprah Winfrey was an evangelist, right? Uh, Mark Zuckerberg and his way is an evangelist, right? Yeah. So you have this visionary leader. But all of them were smart enough. Jobs doesn't make it without having the people surround him like Scully from Pepsi he brings in to run the thing because he couldn't run it, right? Or uh, Wozniak, the tech type person. And so so you got to surround yourself with a team. This is such a huge thing for those of you that bring people into your organizations, into your businesses that make up for what your weaknesses are and play to your strengths. It's not enough time to fix all these things yourself, right? I'm an old school TV guy, Mm -hmm. as seen a TV guy. I'm I'm now getting into digital. I'm surrounding myself with some of the greatest digital guys that I I can get. And so I'm sure you're doing some of the same things. I am. I'm very, I think... A lot of them are 25 years old, too. Right, right? some of them are even younger than that. Isn't that the truth? And it's funny, because I always say all the time, I think that becoming an entrepreneur is one of the great self-discovery processes of all time. You're going to learn about what you don't know. You're going to learn about your resilience your toughness, but it's also a self-improvement program with a big old compensation package test. So you need to be able to grow and improve and surround yourself with people. And I talk a lot about mentors as a result Mm. of that. Like, I think my value, we both evaluate businesses. I get involved in other businesses. Part of the value I bring is capital. But oftentimes, that's not the biggest value. I bring my connectivity, who I can connect with. I look at you as almost a connector, too. You've built all these relationships now globally. Around the world, you got relationships in China and India. And so... I read something about you, and you used the word differently, which I thought was wonderful, was that you found a guide mm-hmm. when you were young, right? Yeah. So I use the word mentor, but I really like that word a lot. How important is it for people out there that are entrepreneurs to find themselves a guide, a guide in their life? Yeah. What is that like? I think it's, I think it's, it's, it's vital. And mm-hmm. so when, when I was, I mentioned I didn't have the capital when we first started. And so I, I went to banks and like, mm-hmm. hey, I got this, this great business and we're selling and we're doing yeah. Good. I mean, we yeah. actually were profitable, but we just needed capital. Mm. And so I got turned down, turned five banks in a row, turned me down. Mm. And I'm like, what am I doing wrong? Well, I found, let's use the word guide or mentor. Yep. I found a mentor, the former bank president. And he Boom. went in and showed me, he said, look, you're not talking to them the right way. You're, te- you're showing them what you've done. They want to know where you're going, the five-year plan. Mm. They want to know they're going to get paid back. Mm-hmm. So, um, and they also want to see a solid business and some gray hairs around the company. Like right. you know, I was a young kid, right? I was yeah. in my 20s. So it, within four months, he turned this whole thing around to where we got a $3 million line of credit, mm. which then took us to $150 million in sales, it, it, you know, from, you know, from what, what was about 50 million. So we were doing well, but we were flatlined. Yes. So, you know, he became my mentor. I brought him in as the COO then. You right? did. Yes. Yeah. So yes. because I said, here is a guy. Now, here's a, a, a guide that can yep. take us to the next level. But he brought in a legal team, mm-hmm. an ops team, mm-hmm. software guys, mm-hmm. all the stuff. Because I was just, I, I was thinking product sales. Yes. But, you know, now, the, 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 you know, everybody else was, wanted to make sure, the bank wanted to make sure that we had the team to make sure we're still in business. Yeah, right? I don't think that, I think you still do it. I still do it. This is like requisite to go to new levels. Yeah. This point right here. So I think all beginners go, I'd like a guide, I'd like a mentor. But those of you that are already successful and want to get to the next level, typically it's not some new thought you're necessarily going to have, but it's, it's new people. It's new guides, people with new access, new thoughts, sure. new advice, right? I seek them out. I'm seeking it out with yeah. you. You hopefully yeah. seek through me. Like I, I'm constantly trying to find new people I can add to my circle that expand my thinking. 
but more importantly, could expand the attention I get. Why Absolutely. are we both doing this show? If you really think yeah. about it, we're doing it because we like each other. We have a business relationship, but I can get yeah. some of the attention from your brand. You can yeah. get some of the attention from my brand. This happens at every level in business now because yeah. information now is cheap. You can get information right in your phone. It used to be who had the best info. Now it's who can execute, who can get the most attention, who has the best relationships. Then there's one other layer that I want to talk about. Yeah. And it's the ability to persuade. It's the ability yes. to communicate the idea, right? Yeah. And to get people to agree with you. So this is, yeah. I don't care if you're a personal trainer in a gym, right. you own a laundromat. Right. There's got to be a way you <laughs> communicate your message to the world, whether it's in writing, by the spoken word, print, digital, TV, you have to be able to communicate and persuade. And so it's another thing, you had Zig Ziglar in your life early as a mentor. Yes. So speak to, because this is just a running theme, right, for me. People aren't good enough at persuading and communicating. So right. how important do you feel like that is? And I know you do. Yeah. And then what would be some of the answers for somebody to, to learn to do it better? I mean, I mean it's, it's, to me, it, it, you need to learn the techniques mm -hmm. of, you know, I say everything is selling, okay, yeah. is one of the things I say, right? right? Because persuading, selling, and, um, you know, I learned at an early age um, I'll never forget when I was knocking on doors selling driveway ceiling. Uh, the first time I went through this one neighborhood, 20 homes, I got the door pretty much slammed every, every house, right? So, um, and, and, and I'm, I'm like, wow, what am I doing wrong? So it's, there, there's something called the new decision close, right? So, um, and I, I, I then said, wait, I need one driveway in this neighborhood that I can show. Look, I said, I, see that one across the street? I got my sign. I took a picture before and after. It was beautiful when I was done. It was ugly before, so terrible before, beautiful after. The cracks were sealed. People loved it. I did that job for free to mm. get done, to get one done in the neighborhood. Get attention. And, and get attention. Mm. Then I went back in the neighborhood and said, now, look, there's a new decision I was allowing them to make because, see, the neighbor that I've just done, now that I've given you the new information, now you can make a new decision. Yeah. Yes. So I got 15 driveways then. So Very good. The selling and persuading is all about systems and techniques mm -hmm. and, and just learning um, the various closes. I mean, Zig Ziglar, has, uh, he was a mentor to me. His book has over 100 of these closes. Wow. That's just one of them, wow. right? Um, and I, I, I just talk about one more quick yeah. one because yeah. he, he, he said when you're, when you're closing the sale and, and the price is here but the value is here, you're not going to make the sale. Mm. You've got to raise the value above the selling price or mm. the deal's not going to happen. So mm. when we were selling Ginsu Knife, we were giving them two for $20. And in person, when they were doing it, it worked because the people could see it, touch it, feel it. They were there. They could buy it, take it home. But on TV, it was landing a little flat, you know, mm. like two for 20 bucks. I don't know what it's like. Oh, it's as seen a TV. I'm not sure. Well, let's raise the value. So, mm. hey, if you order the two knives for 20 bucks, but wait, there's more. We're going to give you free six free steak knives and That's a paring knife oh, and a boot. So now, as we're raising the value, value with steak knives and paring knives and mm. fillet knives, now we're up here. But that whole thing was created because of a Zig Ziglar mentality Whoa, of okay. raise the value stacks to create a better value. And, wow. and that's number two close we've talked about here today. Okay. But he had a hundred closes. Mm. And so I I used dozens and dozens of Zig Ziglar's closes right. in all the infomercials that I, I created. I did not know that. Yeah. That's what that you, value add was yeah. at the end. That's straight yeah. from Ziglar. Right. Okay. And they can get access to some of Ziglar's content by interacting with you too. Come back, yeah, right yeah. back to the pitch. Right to the pitch. Uh, the pitch okay. uh, uh, number I gave you. Okay, I got three questions for you okay, to finish. Okay, cool. Right. These are the, these are the, these are the juicy once. Okay. <laughs> biggest, biggest mistake you've made huh, well, in, in your business life? Yeah. I mean, um, the biggest mistake when I was growing the, this, um, this company that I, that I mentioned early on, 
I used all one merchant account. And so I had a dozen products, one merchant account, and I had one product that we were getting terrible defects from the manufacturer. Mm. It's a really terrible manufacturer. Mm. And I was getting 20% of them just coming back. The product mm. wasn't good. Mm. And so, so the bank was, was seeing all these complaints and returns and chargebacks mm -hmm. and that were accelerated just all of a sudden. So one Monday morning I walked mm. in, they grabbed $2 million mm. out of my checking account. Mm. And the good news is I had $2 million that they could grab. Sure. Okay? Right. But the bad news is I didn't have a lot more than $2 million that they could grab. <laughs> right. So there went all my working capital. Okay. So, I mean, I ended up re resolving the situation, but it took a lot of uh, brutal uh, dealings from there to make it happen. Okay. But the bottom line is, is now we set up all businesses with separate merchant accounts and separate LLCs. And, you know, look, in today's world, things go haywire. Things, you know, the, not everything works like clockwork every time. Yep. So, all, you know, it's it's important to separate them out from a legal perspective. And yeah. for, I mean, look, you're in the financial planning yeah, world, right? right, right. You, you know what it's like yes. to tell people they got to be planning for yep. the future. Yep. Don't let one bad deal destroy everything you've got. Huge right? advice. So that, that was that was a big mistake. Oh my gosh. And for yeah. entrepreneurs, it may not apply to a merchant, it may apply to something else, but winter comes as an entrepreneur every year. There's going to be some winter in your business and right. in your life. And so you having the vision to mitigate what that snowstorm may be, that blizzard may be, and inoculate yourself from it is huge. That's yes. great advice. Yeah. Second thing is, I think people would want to know this. You've obviously, you've been on Shark Tank. You've had 500 different businesses. You've generated, I mean, on the planet, there aren't that many people, maybe anywhere, have had so many different businesses do well. The thing you've done that you don't get credit for, too, is... You've made yourself a pretty wealthy guy, but you've made an awful lot of other people's lives better. That's mm -hmm. what entrepreneurialism is. That's what capitalism is, right? Yeah. You've made millions of people's lives better through yeah. the products, and you've made a whole bunch of entrepreneurs very wealthy who have partnered with Absolutely. you, right? Absolutely, yeah. Why, I guess, is the question. So that, what I mean by that is, what is your great strength? In yeah. other words, someone said, I want to be like Kevin Harrington, or yeah. there's something in Thank him you. I need to have. What's your big strength? So, you know, first of all, um, I, I think I'll go back to my, my roots and my upbringing. My, mm. my, my mother was an unbelievable um, a mother. I, I was a one of six Catholic boy kids mm. in the family and I went to an all boys Catholic uh, high school mm. and with priests as my my mm. my teachers right mm. and so all through grade school also with sisters and nuns mm. right so um, I always believed and my foundation was um, respecting other people taking care yeah. of other people also and, and Zig Ziglar his philosophy was you can get everything in life you want if you help enough other people get what they want so mm. when I was sitting there looking at Arnold Morris and, and thinking, okay, Arnold does this 40 weeks a year for many, many years, the same pitch to 10 people. How can I help him? Well, film it once, put it in front of millions. Hmm. Now I can help him, but it's gonna help me. Yeah. But then, you know what Arnold did? He said, Kevin, you've helped me. Can we help Billy Mays? Arnold brought me Billy Mays no and all these other no guys. Way. And he said, Kevin, is it okay if I tell them how well I'm doing? <laughs> because I want them to know wow. that you're a good guy and that you're, you know, and by the way, that I was paying Arnold Morris. He was getting hundreds of thousands of dollars a month in royalty checks, yeah. and he didn't have to go anywhere. He, awesome. just, he would just, you know, sit there and get the check. But, you know, so, and one day my accountant walked in and said, Kevin, you, you, why are you paying this guy mm -hmm. all that money? This is ridiculous. This mm -hmm. is an expense that we don't need. And I'm like, mm -hmm. oh, wait a minute. First of all, 
it, we have a contract. Secondly, this this is this is this guy's. We're running his shows. This is mm. this is a partnership, right? Yeah. It's not an expense. This is an investment mm. into our partnership of mm. Arnold Morris. So, and by the way, it, it we we did a billion plus dollars oh, with Arnold Morris and his projects, right? Yeah. So, so it, it it's thinking about how you can help other folks, mm. and it comes back. And just one last story there. Yeah. Uh, I was sitting around 1987, Michael Dell from Dell Computers, Ted Leonsis, who owns mm -hmm. the Capital, the Wizards, and I don't know if yeah. you know Ted, yeah. right? So I, Ted and I just talked uh, via email yesterday. So we go back 30 years. Um, we're all sitting around and we said, you know, we're young entrepreneurs and none of us were wealthy at the time, mm -hmm. but we're like, how do we get, you know, maybe help other entrepreneurs? Mm -hmm. So we started the Young Entrepreneurs Organization okay. and 1987. And then we, now it's called EO, the Entrepreneurs Organization. I, I, and, can I tell you one thing about that? Yeah. Like I cannot tell you how many of my successful friends that are, say, 45 and under right. are have been a part of EO at some point in their it, careers. It's amazing. I mean, it's everywhere, and yeah. I didn't know what it was. I kept hearing, what's EO, EO, yeah. EO? Now I know where so, they're all coming yeah. from. So I didn't know you were affiliated I'm a, I'm a co-founder wow. of EO okay. with with with, uh, with uh, Leonsis and, and a handful okay. of really top guys. So um, I, I go, I went to Shanghai, 20 guys showed up at lunch to just mm. say, Kevin, what can we help you with, you know? Wow. So the camaraderie of being involved with organizations like that, that you're, mm. you're part of, it's, it's, it's so, it's so uh, I'm, I'm proud to be part of it, but it's just cool and it feels, feels good. Wonderful. You know? It's so hard to get a guy like you to say what he's great at. This yeah. is interesting. I listened to your answer and somehow when you answer that, you still talked about other people, yeah. just so you well, know. Thank you. And thank that, you. by the way, is your strength. Yeah. So I said, what is great about you? And then you proceeded to talk about everybody else. Yeah. And that's what's great about you. Even well, your face. You. I just want to tell you that yeah. I was, I was watching you. Look at your face, yeah, Chase. Thank so you. So I was watching, um, I was watching video of you yeah. speak. I watched your, uh, your uh, TED Talks and okay. I watched you in different interviews. Yeah. And I just want to tell you, because I try to sense people's spirits and I thought, oh, I, I, I got it. So there's this super hardworking man yeah. and, and super hard grinders like you. And I think I'm one, I hope. Don't really take the credit for that because it's just who we are, yeah. right? So you outworked everybody. But the other part of it was I was watching, I just want to tell you this, and I thought, this is a really good man. Well, like, you. he's just a really good man. Like, he really that. wants to help people. There's a yeah. goodness to him. Watching you answer that question, yeah. you always you went back to every, other people every single time. So hey. I want to acknowledge that, man. That's the, I, it confirmed it. Hey. And that's a huge lesson for all. If you want to be a long-lasting person in business, you've got to be about helping other people, and you got to have a heart to give to I people. I love it. I so love it. That's uh, that's wonderful. Last question. This has been fan yeah, fantastic one, being here. I and, love it, man. And, and, and I, I, I like, you know, as I told you before, I said, I don't know how we're going to do this in 45 minutes or so, but I, I do want you to share, give one gift to the audience when we're finished, because you are kind of the answer guy. And so yeah. if you had a minute, there's an entrepreneur watching this I don't care what stage of being an entrepreneur they're at what advice would you if they could I get lunch mm. but I got a one-minute lunch with the shark I yeah. get one-minute lunch with Kevin Harrington yeah what do I need to know I'm an okay. entrepreneur what would you tell them well, you can talk right to these okay, guys right great. There you know so I would say this people come on Shark Tank mm. because most people think because they want money yeah, they want money, but they actually want, they want to connect with the shark. They want to, they want to connect into that Rolodex. So, um, you know, they want Mark Cuban to be their partner and, and just open up every connection that he has and, uh, or Mr. Wonderful, whoever it might be, my, myself. So I would say to any entrepreneur, because I sit down with so many entrepreneurs one-on-one -on -one and, and give coaching and advice and mentoring, I say, 
maybe it's not that shark on Shark Tank, but connect with, with that shark or that mentor in your local market, in your community, in your industry, and don't be afraid to go for the best. I mean, I needed a shark in the beauty business, and I found a retired executive from L'Oreal. He was the former president of L'Oreal, and he joined my team because I needed someone in, in beauty. And so you, you gotta reach high, go for the best you can get, but build your dream team. Get experts to surround you, get coaches, gurus, mentors, whatever it takes. And even in today's world, I'm surrounding myself now with digital gurus. And these are those 20, 25 year old kids we're talking about. But you need to surround yourself with the best that you can that you can get. But don't be afraid and think that you can't afford them. Many of these people, they don't even cost a lot or anything if you approach them the right way. So go for the gusto, build your dream team. And, and now have access to everything that they can bring to the table. Well, that's outstanding advice, brother. Yeah. Thank you. And I, I want to, again, say I want to thank you for today. Like, it's just enlightening for me. I have a funny feeling you and I are going to partner on some business stuff together, yeah. too, even outside of the WFG gratuity stuff as well. So one fantastic. more time, yeah. I want to say to you, everybody, 727-888-2100 is how you can get access. Also, if you just Google, he's Kevin Harrington. He'll be the first Kevin Harrington to come back up first. Yeah. And when they get that, what were you going to say about they it? They text text to pitch, and we're going to give you, that's right to me, and I'm going to give you a personalized cheat sheet on how to develop your perfect pitch because perfect. the perfect pitch can actually teach you also how to get that dream team and that mentor to come coach you perfect. too. Perfect. Yeah. Kevin, thank hey, you buddy. so much, brother. This is fantastic. Really, I enjoyed love, it so Love being much. here, man. This I love great. it. So everybody, I hope you enjoyed today's program. As always, a couple things. Make sure you run the two-minute drill on my post, as you know now, on all the posts that I make on Instagram. The people that comment within the first two minutes with a hashtag max out after their comment, we give away free giveaways of my book and hats and gear and all that stuff. And also, if you've enjoyed today's program, which I know you do, go find Kevin. Thank him. Follow me on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, YouTube channel if you're watching it here. Leave a comment, and if you're on iTunes, leave a review too. God bless you everybody, and Max out. The Ed Milet Show, the place for leaders, dreams, and champions.